Kiana, and I'd like to welcome you to Toronto Nature Now, brought to you by CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto and the Toronto Field Naturalists. The Toronto Field Naturalists are a volunteer-run, non-profit nature conservation organization connecting people with nature and wildlife in the Toronto area. I'd like to welcome back Javad Mozafari, who is here to talk about GMO crop innovations versus health and environment. Javad has a PhD in plant genetic resources from the University of Guelph here in Canada. Throughout his career, he has worked on sustainable agriculture, biodiversity, food security, and their interfaces with climate change. He is also a passionate community leader advocating for the resiliency of food systems, the right to food, and food justice. He's now contributing to the tradition of success in food share through reconciling the food security paradigm with environmental sustainability in a mutually supportive system at Flamo Farm in Toronto, Ontario. Here's what Javad had to say. So hi Javad, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you, Kiana, for having me. So my first question is, as far as I know, all crop varieties are produced through genetic manipulations and breeding. So what is the difference between a GM and an ordinary crop variety? Well, varieties of a crop are generally uh, various genetic combinations within that crop species. So no matter how this has been produced, whether it has been produced through conventional breeding or other means, they are basically a different genetic combination. Just like the the way that you see in, in a human being population, everybody is different than others. Basically, every one of us is a variety of a human being. It's the same for crops. Different varieties of one species, they are genetic combinations of various types within that particular crop species. Ordinary crop varieties are generally produced using the natural gene pool or genetic resources. We mix these things together in order to get a certain variety with certain properties. How we mix them? We mix them through genetic manipulation, which is called breeding, in fact. So in this uh, system of conventional breeding, what happens is genetic resources used in this is the natural genetic pool or genetic resources of that particular crop. And also mechanisms that are being used to do this manipulation is basically manipulations that happens in the nature. Uh, like when a particular variety of crop being fertilized with another type of that particular crop, they might give rise into a new combination. But in the contrary, what happens in GM is very different. GM or genetically modified varieties are developed using unconventional genetic material, such as any foreign DNA from potentially any organism. Uh, so in, in normal genetic manipulation, you cannot easily integrate a genetic material from another species to that particular species. For example, if you are breeding varieties of, of, of corn, you cannot bring material even from uh, varieties of other grass varieties like rye or barley, for example. But in genetically modified, you are integrating foreign DNA potentially from any organism. So in, in this technique, you can also bring from other species of crops 
or as a matter of fact, from any other organism other than even plant kingdom, like from animals, bacteria, fungi, from viruses, you name it. There's no restriction in this system. This basically provides a huge possibility for, for making genetic manipulation. And then, of course, these combinations, the, the way that they integrate into plant, they might be integrating randomly. And we don't know really what kind of combination they might create. It's not very predictable, which makes us to be very vigilant on properties that new combinations acquire. Right. And so how widely are GM crops produced? Um, that's a great question. Actually, now genetically modified varieties are produced in many, many food crops, as well as crops which are used as forage. There are, of course, reports giving you the global outlook of genetically modified crops in the world, how widely they are produced. And also in Canada, in, in some crops, we produce lots of food, which we are using uh, genetically modified seeds to produce that crop. For example, in corn, 80% of the grain corn produced, or canola, almost 95% of canola, almost 100% of sugar beet planted in Canada is through planting GMC. Wow, yeah, that seems yeah. like um, a lot. Yeah. And so why are people so worried about the safety of GM crops as compared to non-GM crops? Oh, that is, I believe, stems from the way that these crops have been produced. This is due to the fact that they are produced differently. First of all, when we are talking about GM crops, we are talking about introduction of foreign DNA. And this foreign DNA could be from very strange sources, such as from animals, fungi, or whatever, right? So uh, when you are introducing a new DNA to produce a new characteristic in the plant, a new agronomic attribute, to be able to produce that plant more efficiently. Uh, like now at this time, most of the GM crops produced in Canada are mainly either herbicide tolerant or pest tolerant. The genes or the DNAs which has been used to give that characteristics they might have produced some proteins, but then eating this protein by human being for a long time, we don't know really whether it is going to have any side effect or any risk because it is not known. That's why uh, you are very worried about GM. For example, the uh, pest tolerance is given by a production of a gene in, uh, from bacteria, which, is, which lives in the soil generally. And we, as a human being, we didn't used to eat the protein of this bacteria. But now, in this GM core, we are eating it. And when we are eating it, we don't know really, really whether this is going to cause harm or not. Although many, many reports have been provided by industry, which shows that for a limited time of that study, like three years, four years, they have not observed any side effect or any harm. That is true, but then at the same time, there is no enough long time data of 20 years, 40 years to prove that this is not going to be also a problem uh, when you are using this for a long, long time. So that's why people are really a little bit worried about that. And the second factor in this issue is the fact that DNA construct that we introduce into the plant, we have to introduce this DNA contracts with some unwanted components for the 
integration of the DNA into the plant genome. These genes also, they produce protein. When we are eating corn, we're also eating the proteins produced by those unwanted genes. And, and at the same time, the integration process itself is a random process. We are not able to entirely direct the integration process. We don't know where in the genome this can land. Wherever this DNA construct sits may cause some changes into the genome, and we don't know how these unwanted genetic changes may, for example, switch off or switch on some other existing genes. We, you don't know what the protein composition of that plant is going to be. What physiochemical consequences these changes may introduce to the plant. What nutritional quality may introduce to the plant, which we didn't think of. So these unwanted changes may pose risk to human when they are being used as food or into the environment by animals or to other varieties of that plant in the environment. This is a very famous example of monarch butterflies. After introduction of these genes into corn and, and, and soybeans and things, the population of monarch butterfly uh, reduced drastically. Then the studies showed that this was because they were feeding on GM plants in the ecosystem. So this might pose environmental risks as well. Fortunately, now there are quite a bit of data showing that these possible risks are being studied. Environmental Authority of Canada or Health Authority of Canada, when they are assured that this GM is not going to have any environmental risk or any food health harm, then they give permit to that particular variety to be commercialized. Although people are worried, but also we need to let them know that mechanisms are, are in place to take care of these worries, to make sure that whatever is being introduced are not going to have immediate problem in the environment or for the health. Yes, for sure. You mentioned some environmental concerns. So what are the main ones? Environmental concerns, one of them is these GMO plants when they are being consumed by other animals in the ecosystem. This might have uh, some adverse effects on them, as I give you the example of monarch butterfly, or maybe due to this problem, you might have also some imbalance in the nature. In a food chain, when you are removing one component of that food chain, that is going to affect the whole food chain, have a domino effect on other components of that food chain. The other thing is the competition that these crops may have with other crops. They can be easily invasive. And these are generally wild relatives of crops. For example, if we are giving a gene of herbicide tolerance into a canola variety, and then in the prairies where we are planting lots of canola, the pollens from this herbicide tolerant plants, they fly around with wind taken by insects, taken by animals, adjacent to that canola field, like wild plants, and specifically wild relatives of canola. And then when this herbicide tolerance gene goes to other species, which are generally a weed in the, in the agricultural environment, so you make that particular species also tolerant to herbicide. So that means next time you won't be able to also kill the, any weeds 
and those weeds can uh, spread very fast and can be invasive or introducing a BT gene, which makes plant resistant to that particular insect. That insect, which used to feed on that and uh, control that uh, wild plant, now when that wild plant cannot be eaten by that particular insect anymore, it can take over your crop and can also take over part of your ecosystem, for example. So that, again, can upset the balance in the environment. Right, yeah. Totally understandable. Um, but having said all of this, is it still okay to use GM foods? I think I need to explain two things here. First of all, nowadays, not all GM plants are produced using foreign DNA. Now we have a, a new technology, which is called CRISPR technology. Through this, we are able to uh, manipulate genetic of a variety at the molecular level, at the DNA level, without having foreign DNA introduced into the plant. We can still give a new property through genetic modification, which makes that plant GMO, but then this GMO does not contain foreign DNA. So when it does not contain foreign DNA, these plants which have been produced by what we call a gene editing, it gives you a right property, agronomic property, and does not randomly switch on or switch off other unwanted parts of the DNA. So that's why this technology uh, poses a very little risk. So we need to renew our perspective on GM crops, basically. We, we cannot, in a blanket statement, to say that GM crops are not good to use or the GM crops are good to use. It depends what technology has been used to produce that. And even with the, with the old technology of GM crops, we also need to know that uh, there are now much more sophisticated risk assessment methodologies developed, uh, which public health authorities, environmental authorities are aware of, and are, they, are, they have changed their uh, protocols, they have improved their protocols to identify if there is any particular risk. So we should be very optimistic on that new uh, risk assessment methodologies we are capable of to pinpoint the risk if there is any. With saying that, we should be more uh, comfortable with using uh, GM foods. And in terms of the long-term effects, unfortunately, long-term effect, we don't have data yet. And we have to uh, you know, make some calculated risk at least at, at, at that time if we want to use those uh, materials. We can also use this technology to face some of the very, very big environmental challenges, such as excessive use of pesticides. When we are using a pest-tolerant crop, that means we are uh, basically reducing the pesticide use, which is very good for the environment. When we are using a, a crop variety which can be produced using less nitrogen, uh, fertilizers. So that means we are uh, reducing the greenhouse gas emission. And these are the good techniques to uh, face off the climate challenge in the future. So GMO technology is, all, is not be perceived as something dangerous at all. This, like any other technology, can have danger, can be without any danger. It is all depends how we are uh, using it. If we are being used properly, I think we should be not worried about and 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 and, and embrace it. Yes, um, I totally agree, and it's very interesting. Um, that's all I have to ask you. So thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks again to Javad Mozafari for talking with me today. 
And I'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Anyone out there who'd like to get involved with the Toronto Field Naturalists can visit their website at torontofieldnaturalists.org. Again, that's torontofieldnaturalists.org. Shout out to Paul Overy, the show coordinator. And once again, I'm Kiana for CJRU, and this has been Toronto Nature Now. Make sure to tune in next time. Bye.